All right, guys, welcome back to Coach's Corner, Episode 5. I'm your host, Joe McDonough. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Joe underscore McDonough6. This show is presented by MMAProspects.com, where we catch tomorrow's stars today. Today, I'm joined by not only a very great guest, but I'm also joined by a co-host for the first time, uh, Sergio Pinheiro, uh, a co-worker over at MMAProspects.com. Check out his work. Uh, Sergio, thanks for joining, man. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. And so that brings us to our guest, uh, Mr. James Krause, not only a UFC fighter right now, but also a gym owner, a coach. Um, just, I mean, rattle off everything you've done, James. Uh, I appreciate the time, man. I thank you for joining us, and I look forward to talking. Man, I'm, uh, I'm looking, forward, uh, looking forward to it as well. I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely, man. So if you have not seen the show before, we do five rounds. The first four rounds will be 10 minutes each. And then that last fifth round will be a hobby-based show. Um, so let's jump, put 10 minutes on the clock, and start with round number one. So, James, you fought twice in 2020. One of those was when the world was normal. And one of those when the world wasn't so normal. Um, and take us through that, just just the year that it's been, you know, fighting in a pandemic. I'm sure it's something you never thought you'd do. Um, but But here you are. Here we all are. And now it seems like the new normal to just fight in the pandemic. Yeah, I said this, uh, actually, I don't remember who I said this to. I said it the other day. If you would have told me that we would be where we're at right now, uh, if you would have told me, like, hey, the world's going to be shut down, like, this is going to be happening, I would look you straight in the face, I'd laugh in your face, and I'd call you an idiot. I would walk away from you. And then I would obviously, I would be the idiot saying that. Uh, you know, the, the Houston fight was, was normal in terms, of, uh, in terms of crowd. I'm not sure if the fight itself was normal, but uh, – yeah, I mean, it, it's it was cool to fight in front of fans. Uh, I really don't care. I've been fighting for a long time, so the fans, no fans, it doesn't it doesn't make any difference to me. And I think, to be honest with you, I think anybody telling you that it does, I listen. When you're in the middle of that fight, punches are being thrown at you. I just can't imagine anybody thinking to themselves like, "Oh man, this would be way better with fans." You know, what I mean? like I would be, I would be, yeah, I would fight better right now if I had fans cheering. You know? I just don't – maybe the energy starting, but I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, and then fighting – not only did I fight without fans, but I fought on the island, which is, in my opinion, uh, another animal in itself, you know, because of the time change, the travel. So there's so much – there's so much different stuff going on with that. Uh, the, the travel is a 16-hour flight, nine-hour time change for me. And uh, – it's, it's tough, man. It really is. Like I was going to bed at like 8 a.m. because I'm trying to time when I'm actually fighting. I think I ended up fighting at 3.30 a.m. Abu Dhabi time. And uh, yeah. it's it's a different animal, man. It really is. It's uh, I put it up there with tough, which I, I, I think we'll get into a little bit later. But mm-hmm. it's it's definitely it's 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 a different animal, man. You got to you got to be a mentally you got to be mentally tough. Uh, you know, there's there's some people like if their walkout music isn't playing, they're freaking out and stuff like that, like that you can't have that attitude on the island, man. Cause you'll get, yeah. you'll get sit packing real quick, man. The, the, <laughs> the it's, it's a, uh, it's a different animal there. With um with all the, uh, all of that being said, I mean, there's so many pros and cons that you must balance before even accepting to take a fight. I mean, you lose a fight. Um, it drops you back. If you, you know, it takes you two, three fights to, to kind of redeem your spot in the yeah. ranking and, and everything. So, so what sorts of, uh, I guess how do you how do you weigh the pros and cons before accepting a fight like that on Fight Island in in a pandemic and everything else? Uh, I'm pretty straightforward, man. If it 
shit, as of late, it's like, what's the notice? Because my last two fights have been less than 24 or 24 hours and, yeah. <laughs> and, thir- and 13 days. So I haven't had a lot of notice. You know what I mean? That, that's the that's the biggest thing for me is like, what's the notice? How much weight do I got to cut? Who's the opponent? You know what I mean? Like, uh, these are all things that are that are considered. Uh, the notice is a big one for me as of late. Uh, opponent, you know what I mean? Like, I really don't. There's not a big, a lot of process. For me, honestly, for me, the toughest thing is the schedule. That's the, that's the hardest. Like, cause I had like, for example, uh, I was, I did have two people on the Island. Now I don't have any. And, uh, I lost a, I lost a couple due to COVID one on our end and one not on our end. But, uh, for example, February, I'm booked from the first fight in February all the way to March 6th every week. And I'll be in Vegas for fights. So there's no way I could fight. You know what I mean? There's, it's impossible for me to fight at that time. So, uh yeah, just schedule is the biggest one for me. And and I know you 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 know you just spoke about how um you know you won't be able to fight anytime soon with with everything with coaching and we're going to get into coaching while being a fighter. Um there there is a certain fighter that's been calling your name out a lot, you know, Joaquin Buckley. Um but not only your name, but now now essentially calling out your gym. Anyone from your gym? Anyone yeah. from Glory? Is, is there any, you know, I mean what's your take on all of this? Yeah, uh the, the deal with Buckley is a little weird. Like he basically wanted to come train and I just don't think he's a good fit for a gym. I like his attitude and uh, I've, I've never heard a good word said about him. Uh, you know, we're not too far away. So like, you know, we have, we have some circles, you know, so um, he got upset about it. And listen, like I've asked to fight him uh, two or three times now. Uh, I've reached out to the UFC. I can tell you for a 100% fact, like I know what he said on the interview, but he has not reached out to anybody in the UFC to fight me. Like, he knows who to call. I've reached out multiple times. They don't want to make the fight. I don't know what else to tell her, but, like, I've asked the fight. Dude, I have text messages to prove it. I've asked multiple times. They don't want the fight for him, plain and simple. And uh, it's not like a – I'm sure he would fight me. I'm not saying he's scared of me or anything like that. Like, it is what it is, man. Like, I don't know what else – I don't know what else I'm done talking about at this point. But it's like, I, I, I want to fight him. I've tried multiple times to fight him. Uh uh, you know what I mean? I can't force the UFC to book a fight. That, you know what Absolutely, I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they don't want the, They don't want the fight. So I just, I'll, I'll move on. And uh, he said he's gonna. He said he's gonna see me at some point. I can't wait. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not, I'm not worried about it too much. And you know? it, it, to follow up on that, it, it, you know, um, you said he wanted to train with you guys. Um, you didn't see it as a good fit. Is that? You know, that's that's not something I've heard about a lot. Where where a fighter kind of takes a serious personal. Um, vendetta almost against a gym or a coach because coaches say all the time every every coach that i've interviewed you from from dean thomas mark montoya tyson charty or eric nixick they've all said you know some people aren't perfect fit for us i'm not yeah. a perfect fit for them it, it's part of the mma world but for buckley it, it seems like it's a vendetta thing on my end or his on on his end that the fact that um I'm, I'm. I guess what I'm asking is, has has that happened before, where another fighter has said, you know what, screw James Cross because he doesn't think I'm a good fit for his gym. Uh, no, it hasn't happened. But I, I don't get shit. It's, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's a reason it's my gym. Absolutely. I don't know what else to tell the dude, man. Like I don't. I've never heard a good word said about him. And uh, honestly, this is a, this is a great example of why I don't want him in my gym. You know what I mean? Like, this is how you do anything. It's how you do everything. And, dude, he got he got cocky with me way before I said anything to him. Like, I had the DMs in my, on, on from IG. He, got, was, he was being a dickhead to me way before I told him to fuck himself. So, 
yeah, it, yeah. It, I don't really care, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's I haven't lost a minute of sleep over this deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's yeah. it's not it's not keeping me up at night. If they want me to fight him, I'm here. Send the send the contract right now. I'll sign it and send it back <laughs> today. Like, I'm not dodging this fight any way, shape, or form. And I think I've proven that um, that I will fight anybody. I fought Giles, who I think is way better than him. Uh, mm. I fought Giles, uh, and and uh, the, the the original question is is he started calling my team out. Listen, bro, like you're not. It's me or nobody. Get the fuck out of here. You're not. You know what I mean? Like, you, know, yeah. you, you step to me. It's me or no. Or move the fuck on. Like, we're not. Yeah. We're not doing this. Oh, fight the next. Get the fuck out of here, dude. It's me. It's me you're fighting. You're not talking yeah. to nobody else. Talking to me right now. So if the fight with me is not happening, nobody else from my team is fighting. Plain and simple. Alright. And I don't want it like this. I'm. Over, I'm. You know what I mean? I'm. I'm so far over. I'm just trying to answer your guys. Trying to no, answer yeah, your guys' questions. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, the last I don't want to see like a I'm just so sick of like I'll do an interview with one of these guys and it's like oh Kraus said that I'm over it man like nope, no, they don't want they don't want they don't want to make a fight I want to fight him I'm sure he wants to fight me like but they don't want to make a fight happen so you know what I mean it is what it is but he ain't fighting yeah. nobody else on my team it's me or nobody yeah. when you look at other sports such as um and the NFL often when when you have a, a younger coach there, there seems to be a lack of respect from older guys within the team. What's it like coaching guys who are older than you, uh, such such as Zach Cummings and and uh, so on? Uh, yeah, so it's weird. Um, I don't really have a lot of guys that are older than me. Zach and I have been training together uh, for over ten years now, but I wouldn't. I'm not his head coach. Uh, I help coach him, but I'm not his head coach. He he comes out to Factory X where I go, so uh, I don't coach him full time. But I think I'm older than everybody else that I coach. Uh, I, you know, at a high level anyway. Um, but I think that, that, that just comes with, uh, that just comes with trust, right? Like, I mean, uh, there's different types of trust, right? Like, uh, you know, for example, uh, Grant Dawson is probably my, you know, my, my number one guy has been with me the longest out of my, my higher level guys. He trusts me, but he doesn't trust me to do open heart surgery on him. Right. Like there's different types of, there's different types of trust. So, but I think it's just, you know, I've been with these guys for a long time for the most part. And these guys just trust me because I've, I've shown over time that, you know, I, I, I put my time and energy into helping them. I make good choices and, uh, you know, I help coach them. And I, man, I just, you know, don't take my opinion for it. Look at our track record this past year. You know, we've gotten a lot of new guys in. We're winning, we're winning good fights. We're winning high level fights. Our guys are upsetting people. I, I, uh, I think I had like four or five upset wins in a row, you know, uh, coaching. And I mean, and uh, it's just, it's not a testament to me. It's just a testament to our team and what our team's doing, how hard these guys work. And, uh, you know what I mean? We're doing something right. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm uh, the the best by any means, but we work hard. Um, I, I do feel like we have a very new school approach with a very blue collar attitude. And um, I, th I think we just have a different approach, you know, a, a slightly, a slightly newer, newer style approach to the game than, than most do. Awesome. And that brings us to the end of our round number one. We'll catch you for round number two. All right, guys, we're here at 10 minutes on the clock for round number two. So, James, when we ended up that first round, you talked about kind of a new school approach versus an old school approach. Give, give us what, what that new school approach is over at Glory MMA and, and what, what an old school approach looks like. Yeah, I mean, like with the with the when I think like old school, it goes even past MMA. And I think like boxing, right? Like boxing, like mm -hmm. run, jump rope, pad work, like. But and that stuff's good. You need that stuff, right? Like it's not bad. But when I think when I think of uh, old school MMA, I think of like 
jujitsu and I think of boxing, kickboxing, and I think of wrestling. But there's really no like there's really no blend of putting everything together. You know, there's nobody there's nobody saying, Hey, let's 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 kickbox, wrestle, grapple, let's put all this together as in one unit rather than I'm going across town to box and then I'm gonna go over here to wrestle and I'm gonna go over to back yonder to you know, whatever. Like it's all separated, but nobody's nobody is putting there's very few blending everything together. So like we have five things that we focus on. And I've said this in a bunch of interviews, but we have five things that we focus on as a team that I feel like the majority of other gyms don't focus on. And I know you're about to ask me what they are, so I'm just gonna say it. Uh, one, <laughs> one is uh, clinch work. Like I feel like for the most part, unless somebody comes from a clinch uh, background, like a Muay Thai background, they're not very good in the clinch or they come from like a, a, a Greco style wrestling. Like people aren't very good in the clinch. Mm-hmm. And I like the clinch because the clinch can muddy the waters and specialists. I like to use the clinch a lot against specialists, like world champion jiu-jitsu, world champion kickboxer. I like the uh, clinch because it's a blend of both, right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and, and that can mean a couple different things. Uh, clinch wrestling, clinch, clinch striking. Uh, cage work, wrestling on the wall. Uh, I, I didn't wrestle when I was younger. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I can't catch up with an All-American or a national champion or an Olympic yeah, wrestler. Yeah. But I can catch up with the go- those guys wrestling on the fence. It's different. It's like it's like ping pong and tennis, right? Like Pete Sampras is a phenomenal tennis player, but put him on a ping pong table, it's the same thing, but it's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so you can kind of you can even the you can even the wrestling odds against good wrestlers on the cage. Uh, blending all those things together, right? Blending everything together, making kickboxing, jujitsu, wrestling uh, as one. Uh, Punching off the wrestle, wrestle off the off the punch. You know, like just doing everything. Every we have a thing uh, saying every everything everywhere all the time. Being able to put everything mm-hmm. together. Blend, blend. Uh, fight IQ and these last are the most important too. Fight IQ, uh, just making good decisions. Uh, not doing things like 180ing, going from back to bottom side. You know what I mean? Like making good decisions that are going to keep yeah. you in a in a position to win. Right? If you're winning a fight, don't take a stupid risk. It's going to get you in a losing position. Uh, so fight IQ is, is huge. And, and even at the high level, it's, it's massive. Like I see guys just uh, making just yeah. dumb ass, dumb ass decisions all the time. <laughs> uh, and then the last one, and, and, uh, I don't say most important, it's probably most important to me is, uh, organizing your game, like, uh, having a, a clear cut set path of how you as an indi- individual fighter win fights. Like, yeah, for example, if I get on somebody's back, the odds of me winning that fight go from here to here. So my, yeah. my pathway to success should look like funneling to the back, right? So everything's mm-hmm. organized, you know, where you're going, you're never lost. You have an answer for everything. Everything's nice and tidy and neat. And, uh, it's, you're, you have, you have an answer for every position offensively and defensively. That's it. As a, um, as you have a different perspective than a lot of people that we've heard from because you are a gym owner. So what's the biggest struggle that you faced as a gym owner throughout the pandemic? I mean, the obvious shutdown is the, is the big one. You know what I mean? Like shutting down, but we're in the Midwest, man. It's really not that bad where I'm at. Uh, I've been fortunate. You know, I, uh, I think out of everybody, you know, all the other gym owners that I know, I'm probably the, 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 the one with the, least amount of impact on, on us. We've been, we've shut down for three weeks, I think four weeks, maybe. Um, I'm in, I'm in Kansas city, bro. There's not, it's not a big plus here. I, you know what I mean? Like I'd, I'd like to tell you it, it is, and we're dealing with a bunch of stuff, but the reality is, is we're really not. 
Mm-hmm. And it, over here in New England is is a different story, and uh, <laughs> I I envy you over there. <laughs> um, I, so, I had a guy I had a guy from Boston uh, that's driving to my gym on Saturday because he can't train. Who's that? I don't know if I want. I, don't know, I can't. I don't know. That's all right. That's, we'll talk after. We'll yeah, talk after. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I'll tell you after. I'll tell you. <laughs> so, um, you know, you told you told us how you have um, fights every every weekend from from February until March. I mean, yeah. it, it, you have you have every weekend, every week. There's a training camp, everything. Um, you also help train guys with with Factory X and Mark Montoya and all this stuff. How do you go about choosing? And maybe maybe this isn't a problem with with you and your gym but you know i know like joe lozon or, or tyson chartier um having fighters fighting you know one's fighting for bellator this weekend and, and ufc the next night how do you choose who who you're cornering that weekend uh i mean it's it's, it's like i have so for example i have 18 or 19 guys on my pad schedule alone and mm-hmm. those guys, those guys take precedent over over anything else. And then, and it just kind of, kind of make the decision as we go. Like I, it's, it's hard. Like I don't really have like we have some of the like for example, March sixth. I have my promotion on Fight Pass FAC yeah. on Fight Pass is March fifth. So I have a lot of young guys on that card. But I have Megan's title fight and Tim Elliott on March sixth. So like, which one do you think I pick? Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. Like, you know, the, the two UFC in the world the world title fights, the one that I need to be at, you know, I'll yeah. have the biggest, maybe the answer is, is where am I going to have the biggest impact at? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, and another thing that I, you know, like you said, you're at factory X all the time. Um, co-coaching with someone like Mark Montoya, a, how much do you guys learn off of each other? And B, is there ever a clash where it's like, no, you should be doing this or no, you should be doing that. No, no. Uh, I mean, I, I would like to think as my, uh, I like to think of myself as an extension of Mark. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I've learned a lot of my coaching from him. So, uh, I have a, I have a slightly different approach to the game. I, I feel like he's a little bit more uh, emphasis on striking. I'm a little bit more emphasis on grappling. Uh, but man, we rarely, we rarely clash. We're, we're too, uh, the thing about him and what I respect about him is most, he's very open-minded. He's, he's willing to listen like, Hey, where did, where did I fuck up? You know what I mean? He may not agree with you, but he's down to listen to you. And uh, he does a great job of, of, of making you feel understood and heard. And uh, once again, I've learned a lot of how I approach the game and especially coaching from him. So I'm very similar in that aspect. And it's it's never really a clash. I'll just say it's more of a discussion like, yo, like, where do we fuck this up at? You know what I mean? Like, what could we have done better? <laughs> and we usually talk about it. And it's like you just you move on and you and you and you fix it. You know what I mean? Like he's he's a very open individual. He's very uh, level headed. You know, and I feel like I feel like I'm the same. So it, it's I, I cannot think of a time where him and I have like just clashed over something. Absolutely, man. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Tim Elliott. Um, there's another uh, fighter of yours was uh, was expected to compete on Fight Island, and, and Jeff Molina. Obviously, he had COVID. How does that impact the gym, and, and what's it going to be like to get him back into training? Like, what sort of protocols do you have at the gym to make sure he's taking the proper measures before jumping back in there? Yeah, so uh, with Jeff, Jeff will sit for a uh, minimum of 10 days. Uh, and he had a, a slight rib, in, rib injury anyway, so it's kind of a blessing in disguise. So he'll probably, I'll probably sit him for two weeks just to make sure. Um, the minimum is, is, is 10 days, though. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll probably sit him, you know, 10 to 14 days, and then he'll have to get tested again before he comes back, you know, to make sure 
that's you know, that's all we can do, you know, is 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 make him sit the quarantine uh, period plus show a negative test before you come back. You know, we don't want to risk the February fights or anybody else's health, obviously. Absolutely. And we, we only have a minute left in this round. But, um, you know, what, what what is it like in the gym when someone something like that happens? I mean, I'm sure obviously Jeff Molina is, is you know, and you said he had an injury anyways, but is crushed when he hears, you know, that COVID um, is affecting a fight or, or other fighters, COVID's affecting a fight and then it's affecting everyone else in the gym. You know, what's the kind of vibe, I guess, in the gym when someone's positive? I think it's I think it's different for everybody, right? From from personal experience, it seems to be uh, like Jeff felt like shit, so he's like, "Man, I can't. There's no way I can fight." You know what I mean? Like he felt terrible, so it was it was a no brainer. Whereas Kevin Kroom, when he went the first time, he tested mm-hmm. positive and he didn't have any symptoms at all, like none, zero. Yeah, yeah, nothing. Didn't feel bad, and you know he's like, "What the fuck?" You know, like how yeah. how the so uh, yeah, I mean. It's different for everybody, but it, to be honest, man, it's everybody in the damn gym's had it at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, 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 at some level, everybody's had it. It's just, I, nobody's really worried about it. It's like, I don't yeah, know. Maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe it's a Midwest thing, but nobody in my gym gets too shit about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I can tell by the way, like, you're asking me, like, what do we do? Like, like what are the protocols? Like, man, like, Sit and get a negative test, bro. Come, we'll see you in two weeks. You know, it's not that big of a deal. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a mid, um, it's a maybe it's a Midwest thing. It sounds like y'all are dealing with the shit where you're at. Where, where we're at, it's not that bad. Yeah, oh, we're we're dealing with it over here. Um, <laughs> I'm like, get a negative weeks. test in a couple yeah. weeks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of round number two. We'll catch it for round number three. All right, we are here for round number three, and someone you already brought up, and and you know I definitely want to hear about this is, is Megan Anderson, and and you know obviously she's fighting Amanda Nunes for the world title. Title, um, just take me through preparing a fight like that, you know, a world, champ, world championship fight, and especially against someone like Amanda Nunes. I mean, who who is considered? The, I mean, really the the female goat at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... Uh, I don't know if this is going to be the answer that you want, but I, I approach this fight the same way I approach every fight. I mean, yeah. you think that I – just because it's for a world title that I try harder? No, nah, I'm not trying to fucking lose any fight. Like, I don't – you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't want to lose to nobody. I don't want to lose a game of fucking checkers <laughs> to anybody, man. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm competitive as shit. So, uh, I put everything that I, that I can into each and every one of these fights. Uh so like just the approach to Amanda, you know, when you when you when you're fighting somebody like her, there's there's very little mistakes, obviously, because she just looks so damn good in all of her fights, right? So you can't uh, if you're watching a football game, you don't look at the uh, you don't look at the score at the end to determine what happened in the game, right? Like yeah, you gotta you gotta look at not not halves, not quarters not even drives. You got to look at plays. You got to look at small, small areas of, of flaw to where you got to break down an individual play and like, where did they, where is she weak in this play? And then you try to recreate that play. You know what I mean? Uh, so obviously we're, you know, we have a tall order ahead of us. It's, it's a very, it's a very tough test for us, but no, it's, you know, it's crazy. Uh, I just got a uh, notification on Instagram that she just made a, Megan just made a post. So that's crazy. We're talking about <laughs> uh, Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, you gotta, you gotta break down the plays, you know what I mean? Break down the plays, find the, find the, find the weakness in plays. And, uh, and 
she's not unbeatable. She's been beaten more than once. I know it's been a while, but like she's not mm-hmm. this, you know, she's not undefeated. This, this is she's not undefeated. She's been beaten before. I know she's amazing. I'm not taking anything away from her. And I do, I personally do consider her the female goat. Yeah. But everything is impossible until it's not. You know what I mean? Like, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to, you know, we're supposed to be like, oh, we're going to lose this. Like, fuck no, we're coming, we're coming to win, man. You know what I mean? Like, we're coming to win and and we're trying to break down every little possible detail that we can to, to get that win. Absolutely, man. And this is, uh, this is one of my favorite, uh, times in the show, um, you know, is, is, Tell me about the prospects over at uh, Glory yeah. MMA and Fitness. Um, you know, name drop whoever you want and tell me why. I mean, we love to hear the names. We love to to look into them and, and see, you know, them in a year or two on, you know, maybe Contender Series or in the UFC or whatnot. Yeah, you're talking about outside the UFC, right? Yeah, I mean, even 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 those in the UFC, even a Jeff Molina who you just got in, you know, anyone that you want to name drop. Yeah, so in the in the UFC, there's a couple guys that have like uh, one or two fights. Like Jeff doesn't have any fights in the UFC. Just consider Jeff is a fucking buzzsaw, man. That dude, yeah. he can he can strike really well. He can grapple really well, wrestle really well. But his striking is on another level, man. He's a little buzzsaw. He's setting traps and tricks left and right. Um, he's good. He's really good. Um, I have uh, in the UFC also. You know, I have Kroom, who's only fought once. He had uh, took. You know, 36-hour notice fight against Roosevelt Roberts at 155. Kevin's fought at 35 before. And, uh, you know, uh, won that one by a team uh, in like 30 seconds. Uh, and they have Jason Witt, who's just coming off of an impressive performance. Um, those are like the, the three UFC, the younger UFC guys that I can think of right now. Uh, mm-hmm. I know I'm missing somebody, but those are the three that are coming to my to my head. But as far as prospects outside of the UFC, I have uh, Mike Breeden, who was just on Contender Series. Uh, and that whole that whole contender series where him and Jeff fought on, I actually tested positive for for COVID, so he had none of his regular coaches there. It was a fucking nightmare. Uh, no excuse, whatever. But he just fought on my show on Fight Pass a couple weeks ago or a month ago. Looked really good. Uh, TKO finish. Uh, Mike. So Mike Breeden is a really good one. Uh, the one that's being talked about a lot right now is David Onama. He's probably my my biggest unknown prospect. I believe David six and zero with six finishes. Um, David is really, really good. Uh, 45er, extreme athlete, extreme athlete. Um, good, good striker, exciting striker, good grappler, uh, can jump through the roof, insanely explosive. Uh, but he's, he's fun to watch strike. He's long, he's got good power. Uh, he's got some creative stuff that he throws, good boxing. Um, he's fast as shit. So David, David Onama is probably the, the prospect that nobody knows about quite yet. He's kind of, he's on his way up right now. Um, got Trey, Trey Ogden. He's been fighting on the, you know, that, that upper regional scene for quite a, quite a while. LFA, FAC, a bunch of the fight pass shows. Mm-hmm. He's fought Bellator before, um, has some wins over some UFC vets. Uh, he's, he's really good, extremely good grappler. Um, 25, uh, I got a couple, I got a couple of young kids that are going to be uh, really good, but I wouldn't consider the prospect. Yeah, those are the three that are coming to mind. If I had to pick one prospect right now, it would be David Onama. Awesome, man. I, we all look forward to those names. Uh, Sergio, I know you have a question ahead. Yeah. So uh, Kevin Kroom was a, a great example. I mean, you've made a career and a legacy on taking short notice fights. Kevin Kroom did that in his debut. Obviously, as a fighter, I'm sure you're down to take those whenever you can. But as a coach, I'm sure that's not ideal. 
So what would your advice be to, to someone who's like, man, I just want to get in there. I just want to fight, even if it's not the right moment. Well, it depends on where you're at in your career. If you're, if you're trying to get into the UFC, that's what you have to do. That's how you get into the UFC now. It's plain and simple. Nobody gets signed. You know what I mean? Like, when's the last time you heard of them just signing somebody? They don't – unless you're like – unless you have a really large following beforehand, they just don't do that anymore. You're getting short notice fill-in, and that's how they're doing it. And my guys, listen, whenever this whole pandemic thing, I knew this was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. I said this. I've been beating this in their brains. So you guys need to be ready. Take short notice fights. Get your get your fucking passports ready. Get your blood work done. Get all this shit done. I did. That's the only reason my guys got in this year, because we were the only ones that could take the fight. Like we, yep. Kev, Kevin had his MRI done. Like we were the only ones that could. I told Kevin, I shit you not. I told Kevin to pack a go bag and put it in his in his back uh, in his car. I said, you pack a, a bag to get in your car, and that's what we did. That's what we did. <laughs> Dude, we we got notified at one p.m. We were on a fucking plane at three p.m. Like yeah. we, I got a, got off the phone and headed straight to the airport. Like he didn't pack a bag, bro. Like he had the bag packed. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's what you got to do. Yeah. That's what you got to do. Jason Wicks, same thing to get in, right? Like so, we you're just ready. You know, my team was ready to roll. You know, we're ready to rock. And uh, so that was that was a, a a big part of it. But if you're if you're trying to get into UFC, you have to take the short notice fights. You have to. Uh, you don't have a choice. You're not getting in. Um, but after you get in, it's a little bit more calculated. You know, have Have you been training? Do we really like the matchup stylistically? How do we how do we match up well with this dude or or woman? Uh, just just weighing out the pros and cons. What's the wins and and what's the risk versus reward? Right. So like my fight with Giles that I took, I got a, a nice new contract out of it. You know that was the 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 win for me. A big contract out of it, like way more than what I'm making now or what I was making. So for me, it was like fuck, I can't lose here. You know what I mean? Like it's it's. <laughs> And I thought yeah. I could win the fight. I still do think I could, can win the fight. I think I did win the fight, but that's another podcast. Uh, and, I think, <laughs> and I think a lot of people agree with you on that one. But you know, like you said, we'll leave that. We'll leave that for yeah. a different show. Um, so, yeah. so you know, one thing I love asking coaches, and and you know, that's something that Tyson Chartier said in episode one. Um, just like you said, he told his guys, "Be ready." You know, when yeah. Calvin Cater took that fight with Danny Gay, it was fight no one else is fighting right now you go fight you know yeah. and look what that's brought for him um you know and you know last week eric nixick had talked about the sacrifices that fighters have to make you know dean thomas had talked about the culture what for yeah. you makes a fighter that walks in your door next the next guy or the next girl that's going to be you know in the ufc or a world champion you know that that type of um talent uh i Typically what I see with people that like everybody's a little different, like there's different ways to get in. So for example, like if you're a female, it's just way easier to get in, right? Like uh, the UFC is looking to build markets. Like, uh, and if you're, if you're Asian or Hispanic right now, it's just way easier to get in. If you're a female, it's way easier to get in. If you're a 155 pound white male, like you, you need to be good. Like you, there, there's, that's a list. You know what I mean? That's a list. Uh, or if you're a 170 pound male, you know what I mean? Like, so when I look for in, in that, in that normal structure is, is, uh, kind of an obsessive personality. Like that's what it takes. You know what I mean? Like it takes almost, a an unhealthy personality to, to, you know, it, it kind of does yeah, like, yeah. because you got to work harder than everybody. You know, if you're not talented, you got to work hard. I've, I've never been talented. I've always mm -hmm. just worked hard. You know, Grant Dawson, he's not an overly talented individual, 
but the dude's work ethic is incredible. Like, and because he works hard, he's talented now. He wasn't talented first. You know what I mean? Like, that's the difference. Uh, talent yeah. can come later. Athleticism can come later. But he he works hard, and that and he's gotten those things from working hard, not the other way around. So, uh, I look for that, you know. But there's always like a, I I think the one thing to, and you kind of asked this in the question, kind of stole the words from me, but it's like there's that it factor, you know. You just walk in, you're like fuck, he's got it, you know what I mean? Like he's just got it. David's like that. David's got like, he's got the swag. When you watch him fight, like, shit, that dude's got it. You know what I mean? Like. That boy, he's, he walks in with a chip on his He walks, he's there. He's already there. You know what I mean? Like, he he fights like he's already there. He's already in the UFC. He walks around like he's already in the UFC. He talks like, you ain't shit. You know what I mean? Like, and he, yeah. you know, that's it. he's got the it factor. Absolutely, man. Well, that brings us to uh, close of round number three. Let's catch it to round number four. All right, guys, we're here in round number four. Um, and it's funny, you you brought up that um, obsessive personality at the end of round number three. Uh, being a New Englander, obviously, I'm a big Patriots fan. And although Tom Brady's down in I'm Tampa sorry, Bay now. <laughs> now the Tom Brady's down in Tampa Bay. Um, but he came to mind immediately when you said that. He wasn't talented. It was it was obsessed. It was being obsessed with being great, and and you know obviously that's worked out well for him. Um, so I want to hear in round number four. I want to talk about you know Dana White contender series and the Ultimate Fighter. Obviously, you were on the Ultimate Fighter, um, and and I want to talk about a certain situation on the Ultimate Fighter in a minute. But um, and now a lot of your guys have been on Dana, White, Dana White's contender series, so you've kind of seen both sides. One side is a fighter. One side is a coach. What do you feel is the better way to get in and and you know speak on the, your Ultimate Fighter experience? Oh God. Contenders is way easier to get. It's not even close. <laughs> it's not even fucking close. You just fight a normal fight. That's all it yep. is. I was, dude. I've been. I was fighting those fucking guys. Way, dude. I had to. I was telling my my guys this the other day. It is not the same as it used to be. This is a mainstream sport now, dude. I had to win eight fights in a row to get into the UFC. Eight fights in a row. I had like three UFC vets within that. I I think I finished all but one, maybe two. And, and I, I literally got on the microphone twice in a row and gave Joe Silva my phone number on national TV because I wanted in so bad. I got in. I took a short notice fight against Sam Stow in Canada on 16 days notice. Like, it, you don't have to do that anymore. Like, you don't have to do that no more. You know what I mean? Like, contender yeah. series, you get, a, you get a training camp. You get all kinds of shit. You know what I mean? It's, uh, so, for sure, contenders is way easier than the ultimate fighter. Uh, I say this about the ultimate fighter. Uh, I would do it. Uh, I would do it over again. I would do it. I would not do it over again, but I would if like if you erased it, I would do it over again. But I wouldn't do it again. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. so if it was a do over, I would for sure do it because it's a once in a lifetime thing. But I would not do it. I would not do it again. Yeah, and and uh, Sergio, I know you have a question coming up, but um, one thing I want to talk about is is the situation that happened on the Ultimate Fighter. It's actually one of my um. I remember watching it at home when I was when I was watching it. Um, when you know Tim Elliott and some of the guys from your team had come in, you're all sitting by the fire pit, and uh, Seth Lansky and Julian Lane all got excessively angry and started throwing. You know, and I, I believe it was. I mean, in the episode, it was the night before the fight. I don't know exactly what's filming and everything. If it was yeah. the night before the fight, but um, you yeah, know, take us through that situation because it, it just from watching it at home as a fan, I was just I was just in awe. Yeah, so you got to think there's only there's only four guys left, right? And there's what 13, 14 guys in the house. 
Yeah. Those guys are already out. They don't give a shit. The last night of filming, tomorrow at 10 a.m. or noon, they get to leave. So yeah. they're all getting hammered. And rightfully so. I, if I was in their spot, I would too, probably. You know what I mean? I don't blame <laughs> it, but they're all being, they're all, they were drinking at like noon. So yeah. they're all being assholes. And, and then Tim comes over and Tim starts drinking too. You know, he didn't have shit else going on. So, and if you know Tim, Tim's already a maniac. But when you start adding alcohol to him, it gets bad quick. He just gets yeah. really, really mouthy. Anyway, it's just poke and prod. You know, it's just it was just a, a typical drunk fight. And you know, obviously, I wasn't drunk because I fought the next day. But yeah. uh, it was just it was a fucking nightmare, man. It was it was I was so over it. And the, nobody, every like at that point, you're six weeks in, and nobody gives a shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like everybody's yeah. so far past being over this damn show. They don't give a fuck anymore. You know what I mean? Like they don't give two shit. So yeah, and someone, someone, I think it might have been Seth. I don't know. Uh, poked you in the eye. Is that? Um, and you were actually went into the fight. Kind of. Is that not true? No, 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 no. So I, my eye got messed up when I fought Ramsey a couple, like five days, six. Days okay, before. maybe that's what I'm forgetting. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and they kept fucking with me about it because I, I wasn't cleared by the doctor yet. So I couldn't see out of my eye for like days, right? Yeah. And I actually, I actually cheated on the eye exam to pass it, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's like, they're like, cover your eyes. They're like, can you read? And I, was, I went like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you gotta do. <laughs> A E, yeah. Uh, but you know, they kept asking me about it, and it started pissing me off because they were all, you know, going behind my back trying to get the fight. They're, you know, telling these guys that they should clear me yeah, and all this yeah. other shit. Like, and it's just to me, I just don't have any respect for that. If I, if I drop out of the fight, for sure, get after it. But like, don't just because you got your ass whooped already, don't come barking on my chair. Yeah, yeah. All right, Sergio, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, so you said you wouldn't do it again um, unless, obviously, you could erase it. However, for guys who are on the verge of, of entering the UFC, um, would that be something you would recommend them? Or would you prefer they, they avoid that route altogether? Because, obviously, you wouldn't be able to be by their side throughout the journey. Yeah, well, I mean, that's not that's not what it's about. I mean, it's about opportunity, right? So whatever the opportunity comes up, I feel like we have to take that. It's ultimate fighter. We got to take that. If it's contenders, we got to take that. You know, whatever is the, the fastest path into the UFC is where I want my guys to take. And it's got nothing to do with me being there or not being there because if I've done my job as a coach, they don't need me there. You know what I mean? Like it helps for sure. It's a bonus. But, you know, we've, we've, we've prepped, I'm sure, together enough to where like these guys don't, they don't have to have me there. You know, they're ready to go anyway. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, ideally I would like my guys to go through contenders because that show is a different animal, man. I'm telling you guys, I can't, I can't even explain it. It's a different ball game. It's such a mental. I mean, think about, think about the process and how they, how they set fights, right? So, like, if you and I are fighting, we have a, a we have a set date, an agreed upon weight, a set location, and we know the opponent we're fighting. Well, the Ultimate Fighter, I don't know I'm fighting you. I don't really know when I'm fighting because they pick every week. And because I don't know when I'm fighting, I can't really – I have to keep my weight low. Like, you know, that right there is being – like you're already pissy enough because you have to keep your weight low. And there, you don't know anything. And, oh, by the way, the guy that you're fighting, you, you live with. You know, so it's like I fought every, – every person I shared a room with, I fought in, on that show. I shared a room with Jesse, Tom, and Ramsey. I fucking shared a bunk with Ramsey. We slept in the same bunk the night before we fought. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how fucking crazy is that? It's not. Yeah, no, yeah. It's nuts. You know what I mean? So it's it's yeah. a if you're mentally weak, that show is not for you. I'm just telling you that right now. Yeah, and and you know, but um, but there's also guys with contender series. Like, if you're not a big finisher, contender series is not a good show for you because they want to see action. They want to see finishes. So 
if you have a good wrestler or something like that, it's probably not a good show for you unless you're finishing fights. It's very true. And, and you know, it's, it's, we saw it this year with Anthony Romero. Some people thought he was the most, um, you know, UFC ready guy didn't get the finish. Dana White said, sorry. And you know, now he's at LFA. Um, you know, Tell me about, you know, Fighting Alliance Championship. Tell me about, um, you know, being on a UFC Fight Pass, all of that stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a great – I mean, it's awesome to have a, a, a Midwest promotion again, you know, on, on a Fight Pass. You know, we had Victory Fighting for a long time. And then it was just – I just feel like it was missing a spot for the Midwest to showcase the talent that's coming out of here because we have some really good guys coming out of here. And I didn't feel like anybody was giving us the respect that we deserved uh but now I, I feel like that's changing you know we have some really talented guys out there and if you watch the fac you'll see david you know david's a, an up-and-coming prospect for sure uh and we have some other guys trey just found there uh jason uh our our last main event was ufc vet uh jason high versus jake Lindsay, both ufc vets that was our main event of our last show and it was crazy if you guys get a chance watch it it's a crazy crazy absolute fight so uh but yeah it's nice that it's nice to be able to showcase some of the midwest talent uh you know, in the Midwest. Yeah. And, and one thing, you know, just from uh, you, you just saying that was, um, you know, Eric Nixick, you know, obviously out in Vegas um, at Extreme Couture, he had talked about how there is no Vegas regional promotion. There is no, you know, even though Dana's there and UFC is based there, you'd think there'd be some, you know, everyone fighting for that spot. Yeah. So to, to have a regional promotion in your, in your state is not, um, something that everyone has and, and, you know, to build a relationship with them and everything and, and not just FAC, obviously, but, um, you know, LFA and all these, how important is it to have relationships with all of these, you know, regional promotions? It's everything. I mean, you have to, you have to, right? Like, especially the ones on fight pass, you're getting seen by the people at the UFC by that, you know what I mean? And Vegas is such a throw culture. It's like, it's, uh, it's this, that, that scene is so weird there, man. I can't even begin to explain it. It's so, it's so weird to me. It's such a, uh, it's such a cutthroat. There's no, like, I don't like to use the word loyalty, but there's no, uh, it's just everybody for themselves there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I love uh, Eric, Eric, we, Eric and I have talked at great lengths about this. You know, Eric's the man. Uh, he, he's a, he does a great job out there. I, you know, I, I really, uh, I really respect him a ton, but, uh, no, you're right. It's not a normal. It's not a normal thing, especially you know being in Vegas and stuff like that. It's super weird that they don't have something yeah. like that, you know. But it's everything. If you're trying to get to the UFC, like the more eyeballs on you, the better, right? Like, so what? What more eyeballs to be than the guys in the UFC? Like, I know for a fact that that uh, Mick Maynard and Sean Shelby have watched my guys like live as FAC was going on before. I know that for yeah. a fact. Yeah. Which is which is a special feeling because you know that those guys yeah. are the ones that are hand picking who's next. Um, yep. But that brings us to the end of round number four. We'll catch up for round number five. All right, so only five minutes on the clock here for round number five. We've heard all about the MMA, James Krause, the fighter, the coach. Um, you know all of this stuff. What is the biggest hobby for James Krause? James Krause when he has extra time, um, or is there no extra time? Is it just just fighting? <laughs> Uh, professionally, there's, there's three things that I focus on, uh, fighting slash coaching, uh, there's MMA, MMA business and real estate mm -hmm. professionally. That's, I mean, I invest money. I, you know, I don't, I don't have hobbies. I don't go out, you know, this is it. This is what I do. <laughs> well, like my, my friend invited me to a poker game tonight. 
And like, this, once I'm at my night off to spend with family, you know, like, I, I'm hardly at home anyway. So what am I gonna do? Like, hey guys, I'm gonna go play poker. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't, I, that's not, I don't, that's not my thing. Absolutely, man. Sergio, you got anything? Any crazy plans for tomorrow night? Or are you just hanging out with the uh, the family around the gym? What, what's your plans for New Year's? Uh, tomorrow, uh, I, to be honest, 100% honest with you, I had no idea that tomorrow was New Year's. <laughs> uh, I knew it was coming up. I just wasn't sure when. Uh, uh, tomorrow we have open mat at 10. I'll probably roll 10 rounds, 10 five-minute rounds. And then I always, uh, I, for the last 2007 years, this will be – this will be year eight. I always watch uh, The Secret on New Year's Eve. I don't. I've done okay. it every year. I don't right. know. Why, I don't know why. I just <laughs> just became a tradition. Yeah, I might as well do it again, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, well, since we, you know, we don't have much hobbies because you know you're you're fighting and everything. Um, I do have one more question about fighting that you know actually a friend brought to me. Um, you know, when listening to one of the last episodes is. When, when you're a coach, when is it that you focus more on film and an opponent's film and, you know, what an opponent's weaknesses are? And when is it when you just simply focus on your own fighter's strengths? Two things. It depends on who you're fighting and it depends on who your guy is, right? Like it's all, it's always dependent on those things. Like some guys aren't really uh, – I have a couple guys that like when you start, when you start putting them in uh, – in the wheelhouse of like we got to watch out for this it's like they focus so much on that that they can't even comprehend anything else right and then i have other guys that are like okay we need like if i say listen we need to get this takedown that's all they do is is shoot and there's no setup there's no and they look like shit doing it so it's like it just depends on who you're who you have and uh it depends on who you're fighting you know there's some guys that like uh like there's sometimes you don't need a game plan because stylistically you match up well with them. If I just said, Hey, listen, you guys go fight right now. Stylistically, if we match up well, there's no point in making this like elaborate game plan. You just yeah, go do yeah. you go do what you do. You know what I mean? Like, uh, go, go do your thing. You match up well with this guy to begin with. Uh, and I feel like, you know, but there is times there, there is times where you have to really say, listen, we, this is going to be a really tough fight. We got to put this spot here. And this goes back to the five things that I focus on. Uh, like I like the money, the waters, the specialists, you know, like the world champs in jiu-jitsu or kickboxing. Like you put those guys on the fence, that that might be a thing where like, hey, this guy's a really good striker. If you have problems getting him down, we just got to put him on the fence and cook him up a little bit. Just run him through, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, because it's not striking, it's not grappling though either. So it's, you just, you got to kind of, you got to adjust accordingly on on who you're fighting and who your fighter is. Absolutely, and, and you know, neutralizes their their best weapon. Um, so I absolutely love that. Um, last, you know, we got a minute left on the clock. Last thing for me is just, um, you know, you talked about family. Um, how hard is it to have, you know, to, to be a family man while also doing this? And how much support do you have from them? Um, and you know, how does that just keep you going? Yeah, I mean, I, I love what I do, and uh, I mean. I, you know, I, I do well. My bills are paid. They're, my family is eating good, you know, so they, they understand kind of like, it's weird, man. Like, I don't really have a job. You know, I have like 40 different things that I do and they understand that at some times, like, I'm going to be gone, gone. Like, I'm not going to be here for a month. And then there's other times like, like this last month that I've been here all month. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 
it just kind of comes and goes like that. And I don't know if they're conscious of it or not, but they're pretty understanding about it. You know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah. it just is what it is. So, but the support that I get from them obviously is everything, you know, without having the support, it makes everything so much more difficult. But uh, my wife does an incredible job at home with the kids whenever I'm not here. Uh, you know, my sister helps out with the, with the young ones. So it's, it's good, man. The support that I have here at home is incredible. Absolutely, James. Well, that brings us to the end of our show, man. I appreciate the time so greatly. Uh, thank you for joining, Sergio. Thank you for joining, man. Uh, I appreciate it, James. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it, guys.